Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Ooh, ice cream so good. We could start the we could start the podcast with that. And then if there's an outtake, I'll just cut it and put it at the top like I did last time. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Lauren. Hi, I'm Chris. This is try number two at a something offbeat Minnesota because there's just so much weird news to get to. You introduced it as Minnesota. Is it Minnesota or is it Minnesota? I think. Properly, it's probably Minnesota, but Minnesota is more fun for me to say. I don't. Do you have a preference, Chris? I don't. And Minnesota sounds like an insult you would say to somebody from Minnesota. Then I'm into it. Just kidding. I, I have nothing against people from Minnesota. To get in touch with us, email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. That's A U D A C Y. Or you can reach out to us on X, formerly Twitter. I'm at Chris C. Blake. And I'm at LaurenBerry91. Our host, Mike Rogers, is at KRLD Mike Rogers. So you can send us stuff there if you want to hear us talk about weird news stories on this podcast, or if you want us to do a deeper dive uh, in our regular episodes that come out on Mondays. But we want to hear from you. We want to know what you like, what you don't like, and what weird news you need to know more about. Well, Lauren, after our first mini-sode, I have thought about the Roman Empire more than just once, and that was mostly in conducting very extensive research for this episode. So you found, and you mentioned it last time, um, connected to this internet trend, which is related to, you know, asking men how often they think about the Roman Empire and men saying that they think about it all the time, which is news to a lot of women and some men as well. Uh, but you found that Panera is jumping on this trend or has jumped on the trend with a Roman Empire-inspired menu. But when we looked into it, we found that it was just Panera's regular menu that they put. What did it What did it say exactly, Chris? Remind me. It says, here is a selection of our products you just can't stop thinking about. Interesting. The menu includes macaroni and cheese, cinnamon crunch bagels, and Caesar salad. I don't think any of those were available in ancient Rome. And I think Italians might be a little offended about the macaroni and cheese. Panera's great, but I wouldn't say I never stopped thinking of any of those food items. Exactly. I mean, I think probably if it was anything from Panera that I couldn't stop thinking about, it would be that broccoli soup bowl thing. That's on the menu here. Oh, okay. They got you. They they got me. I do. I think about that all the time. And I want Panera to sponsor me. Do we know what they did eat during the Roman Empire? So I looked it up because I the menu, once I realized that it didn't really have ancient Roman food, I couldn't stop thinking about what they were actually eating. So I found on getty.edu uh, an article about what did ancient Romans eat? And some of it's kind of weird. They mention here flamingo, but also more normal stuff like bread, cheese, and wine. All of those I'm into. 
Um, I don't think Panera has a, a liquor license. Um, it says here dietary evidence from gladiator bones, food remnants in the sewers, and archaeological sites were used to determine some of the cuisine that they ate. And a lot of it's pretty normal. A lot of bread, wheat, barley. So they were not gluten-free. Definitely not gluten-free. Um, wealthier Romans had a lot of eggs, fresh poultry, fish, and vegetables. There was some porridge going on for people who weren't as wealthy. They liked sweeteners, a lot of honey, grape nuts. This all sounds pretty good, actually, except for the flamingo. I, I don't know if I'd be into that. I mean, I'll try any food once. That's true. I probably would try flamingo once. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Nothing too out there. Maybe like fried alligator or something. But anytime you deep fry something, it's hard to mess it up. It's true. Fried alligator isn't that bad. What about you? I When I was staying in uh, China, one of my, like our friends um, in their town, the main like dish, their most famous dish was jellyfish. So we ate a bit, a, a lot of that. It's okay. What did it taste like? It didn't really taste like anything. It They did, I will say, like they had this sauce that came with it that was delicious. It was really good, kind of like a soy-based sauce. But the texture of jellyfish is a little um, thick. Interesting way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> At least to me. But, I, um, you know, try it if you want to. Not my favorite. But props to the chefs who made the sauce because it was really good. Let's move on to our next story. And this isn't necessarily weird, but it's something that doesn't happen a ton. And this is from CNN.com. An annular solar eclipse, not an annual, annular, mm. will make its appearance in the skies over North, Central, and South America on October 14th, creating a singular spectacle for those in its path. The eclipse will begin in the U.S. at 9.13 Pacific time. You don't usually see Pacific time as the first choice of time zones listed. And it'll go from the Oregon coast to the Texas Gulf Coast. And you'll be able to see it in Oregon, Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, and Texas. The lunar shadow will also be visible in parts of California, Idaho, Colorado, and Arizona. So Lauren, you're out of luck. <laughs> it's it's okay. Um, I have only seen an eclipse once that I can remember. And I, you know, it was a little anticlimactic for me but I did get to leave my office to go hang out with people outside and cover it so that was that was pretty fun have you ever seen one I was working on the east coast about five years ago when the last one happened that everybody got really excited about and everybody stepped outside and went out and looked at it that was the one where they told you to keep your sunglasses on when you look to the sky yeah, I remember being nervous about that, like, about, like, am I going to time it wrong? Or, like, do I have to wear these sunglasses all day? Because they were, I got them, like, from the library where I worked near, and they just didn't go with my outfit. So I was a little upset. <laughs> well, I mean, if they don't go with your outfit, you can't wear them. Right. Just burn my eyeballs out instead. However, there is a total solar eclipse coming in April. You will be able to see that again in parts of Texas. There's a giant festival being held in the Texas Hill Country outside of Austin. Ooh. And its website says there will be more than four minutes of total eclipse. And we don't expect another one in the United States until 2044. 
Wow. That one, that actually sounds kind of cool. Four minutes, like you can feel how creepy that is, I would say. Like when it was just, it was just like a second and it didn't really. Their website says the last time it happened in central Texas was in 1397. And it won't happen again in this part of the country until 2343. Yeah, you should go. Are you going to go? Probably not. Do you think I could get, we could get the company to get us tickets for that? Maybe. You know what? If I will go, if we do, if we could do something offbeat and I'll go down there with Mike, that would be that a lot would be of fun. fun. Austin people, let us know. Do you want us to bother you about the eclipse and hang out with you there? Because we'll do it. So we've covered the Roman Empire trend. And now there's another internet sensation that we're going to be talking about. The NPC pinky doll videos on TikTok. So NPC means non-player character. And uh, Pinky Doll is a woman who acts like a video game non-player character. So she has kind of stilted movements. And during her TikTok live streams, people send her emojis. And then she has sort of stock reactions to them. Uh, For instance, people will send her emojis of ice cream. And she'll go, oh, ice cream's so good. And it is... I I like don't want to be judgmental about her or anything. I'm happy for her, but it's unsettling to watch it. When I came across it over the summer, it made me feel cold inside and afraid. Uh, Chris, what was your reaction to Pinky Doll? I very much do not live in that TikTok universe. So I was not exposed to this till somebody showed me a couple of weeks ago. And my first thought was, I don't understand why this is entertaining to people. It makes me really worry for the future of society if that is where entertainment is going. Yeah, I am confused by it. And I haven't really talked to any like video game people, any gamers about it. Like maybe it's super funny to them if they like play video games a lot. Um, but I'm not a gamer, so I, I, do, I don't. It just like makes me feel sad a little bit, but apparently she's making like a lot of money from it. So good for her. Although I, I think we were talking a little bit before we started recording. It seems like that would be kind of grueling to have to do all day long. I wonder, because I think she does it for hours. Yeah. A day. So I wonder if at some point does that start to become your voice? Yeah, like you're just out like ordering coffee and you're like, oh, latte so good. Lauren, I don't know how to transition out of latte so good. So we're just going to move on to the next story. (laughs) This is a story written by our friend Stephanie Raymond on odyssey.com. And the first couple sentences say, a team of deep sea researchers is puzzled by the discovery of a mysterious flesh-like gold orb at the bottom of the ocean. The National Oceanic and Atmosphere Administration team found the mysterious orb last week about two miles down in the deep abyssal depths of the Gulf of Alaska. The orb appeared to be flesh-like with an even more perplexing hole in it. Mm. One of the quotes says, it's like the beginning of a horror movie. Is the abyss in the Gulf of Alaska where the end of the world begins? Maybe. Flesh-like is such an awful descriptor. It's really upsetting. So the article goes on to say, the wording gets even better. 
The orb was gently suctioned up so it can be tested in a lab. Nope. Nope. You're like, let's move on. I, um, why gently? Like, why do we have to know that? It was suctioned up. As to not break it? I feel like maybe we shouldn't have moved it, though. Says the as-of-yet unidentified orb is likely an egg casing. Even so, the discovery has scientists perplexed. Because they don't know what kind of animal would leave an egg casing like that. Maybe it's aliens. Hopefully. Yeah, that would be neat. Our next episode is actually about human babies being born in space. So I wonder if extraterrestrials have a similar program, if this is evidence of that. And I wonder if people like whatever is living on other planets are going to be, you know, looking at our flesh like orbs like that as well. What's going on here? Hopefully they're not looking at anything. Hopefully. For our last story today, we're going to go all the way to China, uh, where the Great Wall um, was pierced by Genghis Khan, the Manchus, and now allegedly a couple of construction workers named Zhang and Wang who wanted a shortcut through it. Authorities in China arrested the two people for smashing through a section of the ancient wall. Um, It's a cultural icon. It's protected by the United Nations. Um, So this is, you know, pretty big news. Um, The area of the breach is this broken down section far from restored segments uh, that most Chinese um, and foreign tourists might be familiar with. But actually, I have been to the broken down parts of the Great Wall when I when I visited. And did you try to go through them? I did not try to go through them. I don't know if this is good for me to admit on a podcast, but I went with my dad to the Great Wall because he used to live in China and he was like, there is like a nice part where all the tourists go, but he's like, we have to be different. We have to like really be adventurers here. We're going to go to the the other part of the wall. And so we like, he took us on like this place and we hiked over there and there were signs the entire time we were hiking, like, don't go this way. Not allowed here. And I'm like, is, are you sure? He's like, no, no, no. I heard this is like exactly what you have to do. It's going to be like too congested and nothing happened to us. Cause we didn't try to break it or anything. We took some fun pictures, but I think our podcast is probably blocked in China. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Don't arrest me. It was maybe, my dad. Arrest my dad, though. It was his fault. Just kidding. Maybe, Love you, dad. Um, <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has run out on your crime. Thank you. You're going to be my attorney for this, just so, you, just so you know. I don't know if you want me defending you in the Chinese legal system. You're my only hope. Um, so, yeah, that's my, my Great Wall story. Also, fun fact about the Great Wall. I don't know if it still has this, but when I was there, there's like a... Um, toboggan thing where you can slide down like next to the great wall that's the most fun part that's actually really cool yeah i recommend it is it for anybody like all ages or is it just for kids it's for all ages and my dad also he was being a real scofflaw he like you're not supposed to do this either but he like held up the line so he could go down it really fast and people were upset so he basically just cut the line to go down the toboggan well, so like, it's like a big metal tube and you're all in like little carts um, and you're supposed to go down at a normal rate. But my dad like stopped. So the person like in front of him went further so he could speed down it. Oh, okay. 
I'm just sharing all my dad's China secrets right now. Sorry, dad. That does sound more fun. I know. I was jealous a a little bit. That's probably why I'm talking about it right now. You should have done that too. Have you been to the Great Wall? I have never been to a continent other than Europe from the US. So I've never been to Europe though. Like I've been to China, but I've never been to Europe. One day. I'd like to get to the Great Wall at some point. I think it'd be cool to try to see like the eight wonders of the world. Yeah. I also lose track of how many there are. Same. And if you asked me to name any of them, I would not be able to do it right now. And I know there's also like different lists of eight wonders of the world. There's like wonders of the ancient world and the modern world and the natural world. I'll find the eight wonders of Chicago, maybe. Um, Thanks for listening to our second Minnesota. I hope that you're enjoying them and that you send us in stories that you're interested in. Like Lauren said, thanks for listening to our second mini-sode. We'll be back with more stories that we can't fit into our regular weekly schedule a couple of times a month. Yep, check back and send us emails at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. Thanks, guys. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.